New on Curiosity Stream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series Connections returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections with monthly annual and bundled plans. Find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is happening, everybody? Greg Ehrenberg here to break down a big UFC slate on Saturday. we got UFC 287, and it's actually the fourth fight between Israel Adesanya and uh, Alex Pereira. And uh, second fight in the UFC, but fourth fight overall, because they did have the two kickboxing matches that both went Pereira's way. And it's funny, we've actually seen these guys fight a few times, and it's been fights where ultimately I think that Adesanya's gotten the better of a lot of the exchanges, but... For different reasons, it has been Piero who's gotten his hand raised. The first fight was a pretty controversial kickboxing match. I thought that Adesanya did a lot of the better work, but the judges gave it to Pereira. The second kickboxing fight, the rematch, I thought that it was, well, not thought, this was pretty clear. It was Izzy who's kind of styling on Piero. It hurt him pretty bad in the early goings of the fight, but then wasn't able to put him away, ended up getting finished. And we actually saw a lot of the same in their UFC fight, where Izzy lost his belt and ended up getting finished by Pierre in the fifth round. So let's pull up some of the data on screen here. By the way, as you guys come in, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and shout out to DraftKings Rainmakers, who are sponsoring our show. If you guys haven't checked out Rainmakers yet, really fun way to play DFS. You get collectible player cards, you build DFS lineups around them, and if you guys haven't checked out the product yet, there's a totally free starter pack that you could claim by clicking below, and that is going to work for PGA for you. So you're going to get a handful of top golfers. You actually get to pick your stud golfer. John Rahm is a choice. Scotty Scheffler is another one. And that'll help you build some of your lineups for PGA to start. At the end of this show, I'm going to open up a couple of packs for the UFC slate tomorrow. I'll build out some lineups. And this also all correlates, too, with some of the favorite fighters that I like for regular DraftKings contests, the classic contest. It stands to reason fighters, I think, have high upside in Rainmakers. Also, fighters, I think, have high upside for the DFS Classic Contest. But let's walk through this slate. And I want to start by talking about Alex Piera against Israel Adesanya. And Piera, now the defending defending champ, going to be defending his belt for the first time. And to start, I don't think this is a must-play fight on DraftKings because if you look at how the first fight between them played out, it was not really super high volume on the feet. And also... Pierre, even in a finish, he scored well under 100 fantasy points. He finished with 93. In a loss, we saw 59 for Izzy. So we would have been you know, right around 90 had the fight gone to decision and he got the win there. So this is a fight that I think is a good fight to target because it is five rounds and it's priced in the mid-range. I don't think you have to target, though. So when I'm going to get exposure to, I wouldn't be surprised if I ultimately end up coming in a little bit underweight to the field on both these sides. Uh, reading off our current projected ownerships, we have Pierre projected for 43% ownership in our projections over at stochastic.com. And then we've got Izzy projected for 38%. So not massively surprising. We've seen line movement towards Piero, which I can understand why it happened. He won the last fight via finish, even though he was losing a lot of the exchanges. And the same thing happened in the previous kickboxing match. So I think a lot of people view this as 
Izzy just can't really stand up to the power and the damage and the strength of what Piera brings to the table. So I do have a bet on Izzy for this fight. Like I said, I am a little, I'm likely going to be underweight to both sides in tournaments just because of how popular they are. But I just have to look back at their last fight. And as you guys know, if you've watched a lot of my videos now, as I've been doing these solo ones, is that I really do value minute winning and what I think who should be winning the exchanges way more than who I think is more likely to get a finish in a lot of these fights. And Adesanya in the last fight was up 3-1 on all three judges' scorecards going into the fourth round. I thought he, in general, did a lot of the better work in the exchanges. The output until the fifth round is a little bit higher on the Izzy side. But ultimately, he did succumb to the power of Piera in the later stages of the fight. Now, one thing that's also pretty apparent about watching Piera fight, he does not have very good ground game or very good takedown defense. He just is a lot bigger and stronger than a lot of the other fighters at this division. In the one round that we saw Izzy get this fight to the mat, which was, let's see, let's pull up the stats here, the third round. So towards the tail end of the second round, Piera landed a takedown right at the end of the round. So it wasn't really anything too significant. In the third round, Izzy gets a takedown of his own. And after getting the takedown, he holds Piera and controls him for three minutes and 47 seconds. This was an entire round that Izzy was basically just able to blanket Piera and was able to win the round that way. If I'm Izzy and I'm game planning for this fight, I want to work on my wrestling a little bit more and make that something that he could fall back on a little bit more, particularly in some of the exchanges where maybe he gets hurt by Piera. And if he could do anything similar to what he did in this last fight, I mean, think of it this way. If he lands one takedown based on what we saw in the last fight, the round is essentially over. So he could land one additional takedown to what he did last round and then maybe win one or two via striking, which he did in the first fight as well. If you guys remember round one, Izzy ends up hurting Piera on the feet. I thought round one was clear for Izzy. Round two was pretty competitive, but I did think Piera did the better work. Round three, Izzy with the ground, with the control time and just basically limiting Piera to being not doing nothing. I thought that was an Izzy round. Round four was also an Izzy round. Then obviously round five, Piera puts away Izzy there. But if we could see something a little bit more similar to what Izzy did in round three, I think he's a lot more likely to win this fight. And if you look at the last fight as well, we saw Izzy, you know, right around a minus 200, a little bit wider of a favorite. This fight is close to a pick Izzy right now, minus 135 is the best available line that is currently at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm going to side with the minute winning of Izzy. And I think that he should be able to, or I'm hoping at least that he could rely a little bit more on the wrestling and grappling. And in general, the striking exchanges were still fairly close, if not even in favor of Adesanya overall over the course of their last five round fight. So I think Izzy is a little bit more paths to win. I think Pierre is fairly dependent on finishing Izzy like he did in the later stages of last fight. If it goes to decision, I do like Adesanya to end up winning. So I have a bet on him. I favor him a little bit on DraftKings, especially because he's projected to be the lower owned of the two. Like I said, this is not a must-target fight. At least not a must-target in terms of what we typically see out of title fights. So let's look at some of the other fights on the card and some other ones that I'm also looking to target. As far as pay-up options go, we have a really expensive price point on Carl Williams. He's a big favorite over Chase Sherman, and I totally agree with it. So Carl Williams is somebody we've seen as a relentless wrestler so far in the UFC. As you guys see this on the screen right now, he lands 5.5 takedowns per 15 minutes. Some fights that we've seen from Carl Williams. 
Last fight, he landed eight takedowns against Lucas Bresky. Then on the Contender Series, he lands three takedowns against Jimmy Lawson, who, by the way, was an outstanding collegiate wrestler. And we still saw Carl Williams get the better of those wrestling exchanges. So I think that Carl Williams, at least as far as his MMA wrestling, it's really effective. And Chase Sherman has really nothing in the takedown defense department. Chase Sherman defends takedowns at 66%, but we've seen him taken down and controlled on the mat uh, in a couple of his fights, most notably the fight against Alexander Romanov. Romanov just ran through Chase Sherman. And Romanov has kind of since been exposed as a fraud, but Romanov was able to land three takedowns. Chase Sherman wasn't even able to land a strike. Wasn't able to get a paw on Romanov in that fight. So we saw Char- we saw Sherman taken down by Romanov. Jake Collier, who is not known as a wrestler grappler at all, he was able to really easily take down Chase Sherman, just dismantle him on the mat. And, you know, I think we can see a lot of the same from Carl Williams, who at least to this point, we've seen what his game plan is in the UFC. It is to put out a lot of wrestling output, wear down his opponents. And don't get me wrong, Carl Williams gets tired. He gets tired in his fights. He pushes through that fatigue. We've seen it multiple times now. I think that's what he does to Chase Sherman here. I think he overwhelms him with the wrestling, which not only should make it a fairly safe victory for him, but in addition to that, should score extremely well on DraftKings. So Carl Williams, really expensive on DK at $9,500, but there are some underdogs I like on this slate. And in addition to that, I I think that the price tag of Carl Williams is still warranted by the upside he has based on the wrestling and grappling. So Carl Williams, I think, is a very good payoff option, even at his big exorbitant price point. If you want to go a little bit cheaper and find a fighter who's also a payup option has a lot of upside, Joe Pfeiffer. I think he's a great matchup against Gerald Mearshart. Mearshart, if we look at his losses in the UFC, he did get decisioned against Christoph Jocko, but was KO'd against Hamza Chemaev. Understandable. Chemaev has massive power. This is a really bad KO loss, though. Getting KO'd by Ian Heinish. Heinish does not have the biggest power in his hands, and he was able to get Mearshart out of there in about a minute. And then we've also seen some other fights against Oscar Pichota, another guy who doesn't have big power. He was able to knock down Gerald Mearshart before he rallied back and ended up winning. So I have pretty big questions about the durability of Mearshart. Also got finished by Tiago Santos. And I think we could see Joe Pfeiffer do what a lot of other prospects have done to Gerald Mearshart, and that is keep the fight on the feet and then hurt him and finish him there. So Joe Pfeiffer, I think, is very live for a first-round knockout. He's young. He's really athletic. We haven't seen too much of him yet if you look at his fights that we currently have on on record at least within the UFC first fight against Alan Abadovsky as far as an official UFC fight did what he was supposed to do got Abadovsky out of there pretty early in the first round Ozzy Diaz this was the fight that he had in the contender series or and he looked really impressive in that and this fight against Dustin Stolfoots it's a bad look on paper because Stolfoots is not somebody that I regard all that well but it was also very fluky Joe Pfeiffer broke his arm when Soltzfus was going for a takedown attempt. So I don't really put too much stock into that because it's a little bit fluky. So as long as Pfeiffer keeps this on the feet, I think he finishes Mearshart and probably does it fairly early. So Joe Pfeiffer, somebody who I look at as being a pretty strong option towards the tail, towards the upper range of the pricing, but you're not giving up an exorbitant price like you are with Carl Williams. Let's move down a little bit. Once again, guys, if you haven't done yet, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got lots of good content and tools over at stochastic.com for you guys to check out. If you haven't already, we've got fighter projections, ownership projections. We've also got our top fighters tool, which is going to give you odds of our simulations projections for each fighter to score north of 100 fantasy points and also for them to be one of the top six scoring fighters on the slate. 
moving down with some more options to target. I think this is a really good underdog spot for Rob Font. Massive step down in competition for him. And Adrian Yanez is, he's a good prospect for sure, but we've not really seen him step up to fight this level of competition. You look at his fights in the UFC, gets Tony Kelly out of there pretty early, but I don't regard Tony Kelly all that well. This is the one that concerns me the most about the future of Adrian Yanez. Davy Grant is not nearly on the same level as Rob Font. And this was a fight that we really saw Yanez struggle with a little bit. You could see if you go to the judges' scorecards, this was a split decision. 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. Really close in terms of the striking output. Ultimately, Yanez landed 100 strikes, 100 significant strikes. Davy Grant, 98 on the other side. This is a really close competitive fight. And unless there's big strides made by Yanez, it is just hard for me to believe that he is going to be able to keep up with Rob Font in the striking exchanges. I guess the other concern too is, you know, Rob Font's durability considering how he's looked in his last couple of fights. But look at who he fought. He fought Jose Aldo and he fought Marlon Chido Vera. And Font looked really good in the early stages of actually both those fights until he ended up getting hurt. But I don't view Yanez as having the same kind of power as a Marlon Vera or a Jose Aldo. And if you look at some of the output here and the striking stats, this also really makes me think that Rob Font should have a lot of the advantages here. And he's an underdog. He's plus money at sports books. I'm going to be betting him. In addition to that, he's also cheaper on DraftKings. We've got him at $7,700 as his price point. And he's a good underdog play, especially because of the output we see from both these fighters. It could be a fight that scores pretty well, even the decision just based on volume. Rob Font lands 6.38 significant strikes per minute. 6.62 for Giannis, so a lot of striking output on both sides. Here's where I get concerned about Giannis. It's the striking defense. He absorbs 5.49 to just 3.95 significant strikes absorbed per minute for Rob Font. So Giannis gets hit a ton. Rob Font's super quick. He's got a great jab as well. I think that if this plays out on the feet and Rob Font doesn't get finished, I think he wins a decision just based on him being a little bit more sound defensively. Then Adrian Yanez, also he's a little bit more accurate, 46% striking accuracy to 40% on the other side for Adrian Yanez. Another thing too, if either of these fighters is going to wrestle and grapple, it's going to be Rob Font. Yanez has never landed or even attempted a takedown in the UFC. Rob Font, not that he has massive wrestling output, but 1.03 takedowns landed per 15 minutes. He's at least willing to get into the wrestling and grappling. And that's another path that he potentially has to victory over Adrian Yanez in another way for him to score some DraftKings points. So I think that Rob Font maybe mixed in some takedowns. I don't agree with the price at sportsbooks right now. I understand why people would be concerned with the durability of Rob Font after what happened in his last couple of fights. But big step down in competition for him, big step up in competition for Adrian Yanez. I think the line should be flipped with Font being a slight favorite. So that is what I'm looking at overall in terms of some of my favorite fights to target for DraftKings Classic Contest. Also, a lot of that is going to apply to DraftKings Rainmakers because if we're looking to pay up, I think Carl Williams is an excellent target on the high end, the safest fighter overall on the card. Now, I know I said that a couple weeks ago. There was no there was no card last week, but a couple weeks ago, I'm trying to remember, there was somebody I'd shouted out as being really safe and they ended up losing. Who was it again? It was... Um, looking through the fight card. Right. Uh, Tucker Lutz against Daniel Pineda. And then Pineda ultimately ended up finishing Tucker Lutz. So that was a, a terrible, terrible call by me. But with that said, a big favorite, Carl Williams. I understand why he's favorite, and he is somebody who I view is pretty safe on the high end. But let's now 
look at some bets as well. Because I I feel like this is probably a hot take. I don't understand why the line is so wide between Jorge Masvidal and Gilbert Burns. Now, I, I understand Gilbert Burns being favored. I understand the age on the Jorge Masvidal side. But Burns is pretty old as well. Burns, born in 1986. He's 36 years old. Masvidal, 38. So both of them have been through their wars. Both of them have a lot of experience and have seen a lot of damage. Actually, if anything, it's Gilbert Burns who we've seen has a harder time taking shots than Jorge Masvidal. Gilbert Burns we've seen dropped, knocked out, you know, multiple times over the course of his career. I know that he won or didn't win the fight. He went to decision against Hamza Shemaya, but he did get dropped in that fight. Gilbert Burns got dropped twice and finished by Kamara Usman. And then if you look at some of the earlier fights for Gilbert Burns, he got dropped twice and finished by Dan Hooker. So we've seen Gilbert Burns have questionable durability at times over the course of his career. We haven't really seen that with Jorge Masvidal. Sure, he got knocked out by that one shot that Usman hit him with, but you know Burns got knocked out by Usman as well. And if you look at just some of the overall numbers for these guys, Masvidal land strikes at a higher clip. He absorbs less per minute as well. 4.11 landed for Masvidal to 3.42 for Gilbert Burns. Strikes absorbed, 3.17 for Burns, 3.06 for Masvidal. So I do think Masvidal has the striking advantage in this fight. Now, with that said, if it hits the mat, this is Gilbert Burns' world all day. But Gilbert Burns only has 35% takedown accuracy. Jorge Masvidal's 74% takedown defense. So I understand why Gilbert Burns is favored. He is a little bit younger. He's been more active as of late. And if the, the, the fight ends up hitting the ground, he has huge, huge advantages in that department. But once again, I don't think this is super likely to, I don't think it's overly likely to hit the ground based on these guys' metrics. And in addition to that, if it plays out on the feet, I would favor Masvidal to win. But the bigger point here, as far as betting goes, is that Gilbert Burns is nearly a minus 500 favorite. I'm totally cool with him being favored. That line is too wide. And that's why I'm going to take some shots on Jorge Masvidal as an underdog. I'll be playing him a little bit in DraftKings as well, because I think he does have finishing equity. Actually, there's if, if, if there's a knockout in this fight, if you just told me right now, Jorge Masvidal, Gilbert Burns, one of them is getting knocked out. I would say Burns is more likely to get knocked out in this fight than Masvidal, just based on some of the striking advantage that Masvidal has. And also, a fighter who has pretty big power. So I'll be taking some underdog shots on Masvidal, also somebody I'm going to be placing a bet on. So a couple of bets that I've given out here so far, I've got Jorge Masvidal as an underdog. I've got Rob Font as an underdog. And then Israel Adesanya as a slight betting favorite in a nearly pick match. Let's look now at DraftKings Rainmakers. I've got some packs here. So we'll open up a pack or two, and then I'll show you guys how I go about building some of my lineups for Rainmakers. I already have a bunch of cards in my inventory, which will help me. uh... There's still a bunch of these available on the marketplace and might not even sell out by tomorrow. Oh, pretty good start here. We got an elite. This is somebody good. All right, nice. Ignacio Baja Mondes. So didn't talk about the Baja Mondes fight, but I do like him over Trey Ogden. I think he's a good play in Rainmakers. I like him as a payup as well for classic contests. Lapita Godinez. So uh, I think the line is a little bit too wide for this fight, but still, she's somebody that is worth having exposure to just because how big of a favorite she is. Rob Font. Talked about how I liked Rob Font before. Although Rob Font, Chase Sherman. Don't have any interest in Chase Sherman. Rob Font is somebody who I have more interest in for DraftKings Classic Contest, where the salary comes more into play. For Rainmakers, somebody I won't have quite as much exposure to. 
And all right, not bad. Got a Lupita Godinez as an elite, not the highest upside fighter on this slate, but she's a pretty big betting favorite right now. And let's see, what is the current betting line at the time I'm recording on Lupita Godinez? Yeah, she's a minus 300 favorite right now at DK. So definitely somebody who I'm happy to have an elite card of. Let's look at the lobby right now. And I could go and build out a lineup for you guys. I'll just click on the core contest. Checking my location. All right. That would have been bad if it said I was out of location or something. Do a video for the DraftKings here and get banned on the on the show as I'm doing. So in terms of captain, if I'm just building a lineup based on my cards, what I think is safest, uh, Carl Williams, I think, is the fighter who, for this purpose, there is no salary. It's just who do we think scores the most fantasy points. I put Carl Williams here in the captain spot. So by the way, as far as captains go, it, it's going to work. The fighter you put in the captain spot gets 1.5x your fantasy points. Carl Williams, you have him, I think is the best captain play that we have on the slate. Uh, didn't really talk much about, about Ho Rosas Jr. Uh, he's somebody also, I think, has immense grappling and wrestling upside. Basically, whenever he fights, he's a really interesting prospect. I think it's going to be interesting when he fights somebody who is a competent striker. But at least for this week, I think he's a pretty good upside play with some safety. I don't feel as good about him as some other favorites. Talk about liking Joe Pfeiffer before I have one of him. I'll throw him in. Let's forego the main event for now. Bahamunda is another big favorite. I like getting him into lineups. I have a bunch of his core cards. Talked about I slightly prefer Izzy. So I'll put Izzy into this lineup. Obviously, I don't want Izzy and Piera in the same lineup. Gilbert Burns. Kevin Holland. Didn't really talk much about Kevin Holland. But Kevin Holland is another fighter who I think should have pretty big advantages over uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. And there was a point where Ponzinibbio was somebody who I thought was kind of like a dark horse to end up being a guy who could fight for the title in this division. But injuries, age caught up with him. He went through that stretch where he ended taking, was like two and a half, three years off because of various injuries. And now he's just looked slower. He hasn't looked the same in his recent fights. I think Kevin Holland's going to have such a big speed advantage. I do think that Kevin Holland wins probably something like a second or third round knockout. So uh, Kevin Holland, definitely somebody who I'm going to be targeting in Rainmakers pretty heavily as well. And somebody who I like in classic contests. So there we go. Just entered a lineup. I haven't, I've got a bunch of cards. I haven't entered lineups yet for Rainmakers. Other than this one, you guys just saw me enter the first lineup I have. And that's going to do it for me. If you have any questions for me at all, let me know in our Discord channel. One of the perks being a Stochastic Plus Platinum member, you do get into our Discord. And it's also been really fun in there to hang out, sweat bets, and sweat some of the cards. I know a lot of you guys who are watching this right now are already in our Discord, and it's fun. That's generally what I like to do on my Saturdays. We got a UFC card, we hang out in there, we sweat the fights together. So if you guys are signing up over at Stochastic, use the link we have below. It'll get you 50% off any package we have over at the site, and it'll also get you into our Discord channel. Before you leave here, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Good luck, everybody, and I hope you enjoy the fights. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. It's Superstart Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get up to a $25 gift card after rebate with the purchase of select Superstart batteries. Our professional parts people will test your old battery for free and recommend the right battery for your vehicle. For power, performance, and reliability, choose Superstart batteries only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, 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 o